Welcome to another episode in Season 2 of Two for Podcasting, your hard-hitting hockey show dealing with everything from the NHL to all things college hockey and back around the world juniors. I'm your host, Bobby, and along with my co-host, Jack, we're here to bring you the important news and keep you up to date on all things happening in the hockey world. So sit back and enjoy this next episode of Season 2 of Two for Podcasting. There we go. So right after it said you were not online, you came online. I popped off. Yeah. I don't know what's been going on. Skype is going to be weird for me too. So I actually have some bad yeah. news. Um, as something wonky must have happened, but uh, it did not record any of last week's episode. Eh. So that's shitty, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I feel mostly bad that we had Alex on the show. Like it was just us. Like yeah, whatever. But yeah. Um. So we can talk about the draft if you have any more thoughts on that real briefly, but we don't have to. Leave. Yeah, there's too much. There's too much to talk about. Oh, there's today. so much going on. Yeah. So. Um, Hold on, let me pull up my notes. Yeah, no worries. So Panarin's wearing number ten. Does somebody already I wear number nine? Fucking love it. It's retired, Adam Graves. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Because I I, 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 Adam, Gra- I always forget about him. Yeah. He, like, was, like, a big part of the 94 run. And he's still there. He's, uh... He does something... Oh, what is it? I don't know his exact title, but it's fan-related. It's, like, some Mayf director fan operations. I don't know why that's coming to my mind, but it is. Okay. Hmm. It's, like, something along those lines. Okay. But, yeah, I... Love it. I'm not. I don't think I'll probably just buy like the T-shirt. I don't think I'm going to spend money to buy another jersey right now. But would you be more likely to buy a Panarin jersey or a Kako jersey? It depends on what number Kako. Because if Kako comes in with like a super cocky number, like if he rocks like a 75 or like something, something like 60 plus, yeah, then I'll be like, ooh, maybe. Honestly, a four. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about high numbers. I, I'm just a traditionalist in that, like, defensemen should wear single-digit numbers, if possible. God, like, below 15. Defensemen should wear below 15. Forwards can wear, like, up to 30. The defense, or the goalies, obviously, thirty like, through the 30s. And then any leftover 30s, 30s are one. 30s are one, yeah, exactly. Um, That's the weird thing about like uh, always, Nashville's backup, Saros, is he wears 74, and I'm like, Wait, what? Because the last predator before him I was, like it. I don't mind it. Well, the last predator before him to wear 74 was Sergei Kostitsin. So it, okay. it always gives me flashback to the Kostitsin brothers and Radulov missing curfew in Arizona. Do you remember that scandal? That was um that was actually the year before you got to us. That was my freshman year. No, yeah, I remember it. Because it was like the talk in the junior's locker room and the junior locker room and stuff. Okay. I can't believe the Nashville Predators were ever the talk in a junior's locker room back then because, I mean, let's be honest. Um, hey. they, they weren't a huge deal. They, you know, I mean, that's why people like Suter left. All right, so your Kako jer- yeah. jersey number Finland. He wore 45. He wore 45 in uh, development camp. And I think for Finland, it's like 17 or 20. It's 20-something, it looks like, from this jersey. Uh, let's see here. 27, maybe? Maybe twenty seven. It could be. It could be a twenty seven. I can't. No, twenty one. Twenty one. I think. 
Okay, that could be it. It's like a weird angle of the number on the image I pulled up. Maybe my phone's being slow, so. Anyways, so hello and welcome to another episode of Two for Podcasting. I'm your host, Bobby, here along with co-host Jack. Is that bourbon? Is yeah, that... always. Nice. Actually, it's vodka. Yeah, I'm going to the strictly vodka diet after this week's events. Strictly vodka. In honor of, of your Lord and Savior, right, Timmy? Uh, okay, so here's... I am... I was very, very, very much uh, one of the people that was like, we're not, not going to get him. He's priced too high. Mm-hmm. Like, going into the day, pre-VC trade, which we'll get to. Yeah. Um, I was very much like, we're not going to get him. And, and along with a lot of the hockey community, once, like, Bob McKenzie, Darren Dreger, um, like, once those two are, like, pretty aligned on something... Mm-hmm. I kind of take it as, unless something at the eleventh hour happens, it's probably going to happen. Yeah, you right. See, you see, Drager, McKenzie, Friedman, like it's Friedman's the other one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like well, that trio, if they're all aligned, and Pierre LeBurn is and another Pierre, one. Yeah. If if they're all aligned, I'm like, okay, yeah, they're going to happen. Guess what? They were all aligned on the night before that he was going to the Islanders seven years. Right. Yeah, and that Anders Lee was going to be out of the fold as a result. Exactly, and and then next morning, I think it was McKenzie tweeted it first. Was hearing NYR are now in pole position for Panarin, and I was like, that no, it's not going to happen. We don't have the cap space. Mm-hmm. Like we just traded for Truba, he's going to be eight, at least seven over eight, right? Seven years, eight million a pop, and then you still have guys like Kreider, Uchnevich, Strom, Vlad, uh, Nemesnikov. We're all RFAs coming up, so you have to think about that. And I was like, I just don't think we can do that right now. Sure. And then lo and behold, Jimmy VC gets traded, frees up, no no contract retention whatsoever, frees up about two and a half million. Mm-hmm. There's Panarin's money. And long term, you figure you get guys like uh Brandon Smith off the off the sheet. There's another four point something million. Dan Girardi comes off next year. Now you're looking at another six million in space. I mean, it, it just – it worked out. I mean, Jeff Gordon, I he has to be one of the – this has to be one of the quickest turnarounds rebuild in NHL history. Well, I mean, are they, are they still missing – I mean, it's not a complete rebuild. I mean, I, Rangers still are missing some pieces. I think I think you guys are a fringe team this year. I, I don't know if you get it. You might get it. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think that – I think that – I don't think your rebuild's truly done until you're back in, and it's like we're we're back in. So I, I so think you're in the, make, final the, playoffs, you're in the final if stage. If they make the playoffs this year, are you going to say the rebuild's over? Yeah, I think so. You say I could see them being a wild card team. Yeah, that's that, that, that's kind of where I have them pegged at right now. Like a wild card or sneaking into the third third by like a point or two. I don't know. See, I, I think the Metro is so tough. I'm not sure if I can say that. Well, because I'm figuring Pittsburgh. I think. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh didn't get and anybody. Washington are going to regress a little bit. New Jersey, I don't think they have the pieces there yet. Goaltending is still a big issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Columbus regressed significantly. They they still have I mean, one of the best defensive pairings in the NHL. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I, but I'm just saying overall, as a team, goaltending is yeah. now... I mean, you could I, make the argument Columbus now has the worst goaltending in the Metro. Um, Over New Jersey? Absolutely not. Or under New Jersey. Well, the only thing, the only thing, the only thing, the only reason I would put New Jersey above them is because when Corey Schneider is good, does Columbus have a goalie that's better than Corey Schneider? I think that's a question mark. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But I I, I don't think it's definitive. That's that's the only reason why is because 
we know that when Corey Schneider is good, Corey Schneider is a very good goalie. We also That's know it. when he's average, he sucks. So. Exactly, right? But, yeah, I think – look, whether you think this fin- is yeah. the end of the rebuild or not, this brings you from, like, mid-rebuild to, like, B-plus, like, if you're going percentages, like, 89 to 95% done, yeah. right? And you do it in one fill – you did it in one offseason. One. Yeah. I mean the true. I mean, get it. I mean the Truba deal was a fantastic piece of work. Um, obviously, this Panarin. Yeah, talk about so talk about. We'll get to them, but talk about an organization that's like smashing the panic button. Who? Winnipeg. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I they just signed uh, Latestu today. Yeah, I saw that. Um, anyway, but yeah, that's my take on it. I'm really happy. I think. Um, I didn't want it to be over twelve. It's not. Um. I think having John Davidson has to help with the Rangers getting Panarin, too. Some familiarity. Oh, no, 100%. I think that was a big part of it. Apparently, his wife also played a pretty big part in it. Um, well, I think I, I one the, thing... Go ahead. Yeah, no, go, go, go. Well, I heard the rumor was that uh, Panarin and Berbovsky were both looking to move to cities with a relatively affluent uh, and vibrant Russian population. So, I mean, it made sense that New York was kind of on that list because you've got every ethnicity in the world in New York City. Yeah, um... He tweet. Hold on, let me see if I can pull it up. All I'll say is the guy who sells New York style pizza by the slice <laughs> below me, uh, my, uh, the guy who sells it. Uh, on my, in I'll my be the fucking. The I'll floor. be the fucking judge of that when I get out there. Uh, well, the lost. Uh, one of my friends from law school, who's admittedly from Long Island, says it's the best pizza he's had outside, outside of New York. So I don't know if his opinion counts or not because he's from Long Island. He's an Islanders fan, but. Um, so, oh, can you? Uh, can you? Just ask him what it's like to get cucked at the last second. I mean, like, if I, just have if, someone, just have someone come in and like steal your girl away from you. Can you ask him what that's like? Because I wouldn't know. Because I'm a motherfucking Rangers fan, and that doesn't happen to us. Um, but yeah, but, continue, sorry. Uh, but but the guy uh, lived in the same apartment complex as Artemi Panarin, and uh, I went and picked okay. up a, uh, two slices of uh, buffalo chicken pizza yesterday. Um, because they they actually do support, like really good buffalo, like the white sauce is phenomenal. Um. And uh, he was just not not in a good mood. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. Good, I'm glad. Uh, but Panarin said, and this is from uh, Rangers Twitter, and I can't tell if this is real or not, but because the person that posted it, it's got like all the quotes of like a real Rangers thing. It says, "I dreamed of playing for the Rangers, their original six, and my heart has been here." Which is that on Instagram or? Yeah, I've been trying to find it. I think it's fake, but if that's true, I mean, look, at the end of the day, this is just, I mean, it's it's a really, 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 really great move for the Rangers to think that he's going to have Mika Zibanejad, who's a great puck-moving center in the offensive zone with him. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to watch this team. Um, you know, I don't, I do think maybe we make the playoffs. I don't want to get more up, like hopeful than that, but um, I think they make the playoffs, and then you know once they do that, I mean, who knows? Okay, no, it is real. It, it the Rangers Twitter, the the official account posted it, so we're good. Okay, well that makes uh, that makes a lot more sense then. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Zabanajad is obviously a very good center. I'm excited to see that line of Panarin, Zabanajad, and Busnevich. I, uh, well, whoop, whoop, we don't know yet. 
We don't because know. Because Vujinovic, Vujinovic is one of the guys that's technically on the trading trade block right now. He is really. I don't know. Yeah, him and him and Kreider. I heard Kreider. I, I knew Kreider was on the block. I think. I think he. I think we'll we can go more in depth to this and later well, well, once we cover Kreider all. Was kind of on the block at the deadline too. Yeah, but I think I think you keep you extend Kreider and you move Nemesnikov and Strom. Um, or maybe even a piece, you know, Rangers fans won't like to hear this, but maybe even a piece like Leas Anderson, right? You know, and then keep keep a guy like Strom, although Leas Anderson short-term is going to be less of a cap hit right now than Strom. Um, but, yeah, uh, look, I, I'm really, really excited. I think that the pieces are there for this team to be really, really good, um, especially in a couple of years, um, if not right away. Uh, and by a couple of years, I mean like the 2021 season, okay. well, like what, 2020, 2021 season. My issue with the Rangers is still uh, how, how you guys are looking on left defense. Obviously, you've got Truba and Shattenkirk on the right side. Um, I think that works great with Shattenkirk as the first, as the first on the first deep pairing, Shattenkirk on the second line. You know, Shattenkirk's aging a little bit. I think he's still a very good second pair defenseman. Um, well, but I, I feel like. Brady Shea can obviously play first line minutes. I think he's like somewhere between being a true first pairing defenseman and a second pairing defenseman. He's like, he's in between. Uh, but then you go to like, who else, who else do you have as your Adam next Fox. left defenseman? You've got Adam Fox. Tony D'Angelo can play on the left. They're both right-handed shots, but they both have played on the left before. Mark Stahl um, is still there. I don't. I, then that's the thing. Like they, sure, they're right-handed shots and they can play on the left. But I mean, it's suboptimal. You know, it's putting some, putting a defense, a player in a position where they're not necessarily going to succeed. It's just where there's the opening. I like. So I've started playing defense, and obviously this is not in the NHL. But I'm a right-handed shot. I like playing on the left more. I I think I find it terribly hard in your own zone when you're fighting for the puck in a corner, trying to break it up, trying to ring it. I think it's so much easier to be on. You know, I I, I get that, but I like it. I like it. I mean, I also I have a you're, good you're, backhand. You're, you're also more of an offensive player than me. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I I like it. So I think that I understand where you're coming from. I don't think we're as bad as you think. Um, but I I think uh I think we'll be fine. We have a very deep. Uh, uh, defensive core. The idea right now is that um, I never know how to pronounce his name. He's the Russian guy we got in the Grabner trade. Um, begins with an R. We have so many fucking Russians on the Rangers now. There's so many Russians on that team. Um, like next thing you know, like CNN is going to be like the New York Rangers are a Russian probe for Vladimir Putin, and some idiot's going to be like, yeah, probably. I don't know. There's like ten of them. Um, and then they're going to look up the ESPN commercial with Alexander or with a. Uh... Ovechkin. Ovechkin and yeah. Vulcan, yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think I think we'll be fine. But let's get let, let's let's move to the uh, let's move to the other Russian leaving Columbus, Sergei Bobrovsky, because it was rumored for a long time that he and uh, that he package. and Panarin were going to no. be packaged. Obviously, Henrik Lundqvist is in New York. They're not going to be packaged to the New York Rangers. And we're already super deep at goalie too. Yeah. So he uh, so he signs for ten million a year, uh, seven times ten. Uh, with the Florida Panthers, which was kind of where everyone had him going from, honestly, a year ago. Like, yeah, I mean, was like, yeah, this is going to happen. You know, There were, I forget, um, the power play guys on NHL Network on SiriusXM, whose names are escaping me, they said he was looking for Carey Price money. That's Carey Price money. Yeah. Um, 
It's so, a little below I mean, that, obviously, but like it's it's yeah. I mean, now here's an interesting question. Do you think? Do you, I, I'm going to follow up with two questions here. Do you think Panera? Or, sorry, do you think Brabovsky is worth ten million a year? Yes, I agree. Now here's the follow up question: Would you sign him to that contract? How, how remind me how old he is? He's about like thirty one. Uh, Bobrovsky age. Let's see here. Uh, he's thirty. He will be thirty one when the season begins. And it's a max, right? It's seven. Yep. Um. Yeah. I I think I would because you look at what you know. Obviously, everybody's different, but you look at what guys like Henrik Lundqvist have done. Um. You know, Carey Price is getting up there in age. You have goalies who have played at extremely high levels well past 30. Yeah, I mean Pekka Rene is 36. Right? Yeah. Exactly, right? So I think I think this is I think goalie goaltenders you can do that more than say like the fact that Matt Zuccarello got like 5 years 5 million is absurd and he's 32. Mm-hmm. Like don't get me wrong, good for Zook. Love Zook. Probably one of my all-time favorite players, but that's an absurd contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? This, not so much, because you can figure if he stays healthy, um, you know, if he doesn't face 40 shots a game for the first four years, he'll, there's a good chance he'll still be playing at a relatively high level come his 37th birthday, right? So, yeah, I, I think I would, um, especially at a goalie of his caliber now. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, he's not a Corey Schneider. Now, if this was Corey Schneider, I don't think he's getting $10 million, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I, my, my issue with the contract is just like, like I don't have any issue with I think he's worth that much money. Um, I think he'll still be good when the contract expires. I just question if you want to build a franchise around like with you want to structure a franchise with that contract as part of it, um, just in terms of planning for the future and whatnot. I mean that's sinking a lot of money into a goalie, and I think we're in an era where once you get to the elite, you know, like to the NHL level of goaltending. I feel like a lot of gold, just because of how the butterfly has evolved as a style, you could find a lot of just really solid goaltending options for like not a terrible large amount of money. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm just not sure if that's how I would want to build. It I will. Me. I will say this. I get. Uh, I get what you're saying, but I feel like a lot of the guys you can get for cheaper, for lack, I would say, for lack of a better term, are unproven. Well, I mean. In the last four years, we've had Ryan Murray win two cups and Jordan Bennington win one, right? Okay, but here's the thing, though. Before those, like, when those guys signed their contracts, did anyone know how good they were going to be? No one knew how good Jordan Bennington was going to be. Don't give me, like, don't, no. sit there, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not and telling I think, you that. No, no, I, th- I think, I think, I think this is a case, and I get what you're saying, because it is a lot of money to dump into someone. I think this is a case of, this guy's good. Mm-hmm. We know he has proven time and time again exactly. that he can steal a game. He's what? He's a two-time Vesna winner? Yeah, I, two, yes. And I don't know how many time finalists, but I know more. Like, he's been a finalist more than he's won. Mm-hmm. Um, he can steal a game. He proved this year that he could steal games in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right? Finally. Add that into the factor, into the mix. It's a lesser factor, but it's in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you don't like fancy stats. Um, Bobrovsky's got consistently one of the highest like high danger save percentages in the league it's weird because he'll let in like the odd like fluke shot from like the every goal he does circle. though but it, it's pretty it's more often than others with probably like his in terms of low danger chances he lets in a lot more he, or he not a lot more but he lets in more than the league average but when it comes to those high danger like uptight 
mm-hmm. uh, shots where he's moving side to side. I mean, he is. Whew, I mean, it's it, it, it's hard to foil him, you know. Yeah, but I think. Um, so I mean, I get it, but I don't think I don't think it's a bad. I could see it becoming a bad contract. I don't think right now it's a bad contract. I think that. Um, Okay, well, let me. That's a fucking stupid thing to say. Every contract could become a bad contract yeah. if a player doesn't. That's a fucking. I, that's literally. That's probably one of the stupidest things I've said this that's fucking fine. week. I'm letting you. I'm giving you a pass. You're fine. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, I think it'll be fine. Okay. I think. I think he'll be fine. Let's move on to the third Blue Jacket. Uh, the third big name Blue Jacket to leave, Matt Duchesne, uh, after being rumored to go to Nashville for honestly the last three years. Right, when he was in Colorado, I mean, yeah, the Predators was. were gunning for him, too, uh, before that whole three-way trade with Kyle Turris happened in Ottawa. Um, he signs with Nashville uh, for seven years, $8 million a year. $8 million. Um, I thought that was a steal. I mean, so, once again, for our listeners, you didn't catch at the beginning, uh, we recorded an episode with Alex um, of A to Z Sports Nashville last weekend. Um, unfortunately, the episode didn't record, but we were talking that we were thinking Duchesne was going to go in the ballpark of 9.5. Yeah. Mostly based on the Kevin Hayes deal. Yeah. Especially based on the Kevin Hayes deal, which looks so terrible now. I mean, it was like, it looked like a bad deal when it was signed, but like, it looks with Duchesne going for eight. That looks really, really bad. Okay. I want to bring up, I want to, I want to discuss the term bad deal after we discuss the Matt Duchesne thing. Sure. Sure. Um, so Duchesne, Duchesne signs at Nashville, eight, eight million a year. Um, Nashville finally gets their guy. What was super annoying is it was like one of the first signings that was like tweeted out by, you know, that Holy Trinity. It was tweeted out the night before. Yeah. It was like all the details the night before. And then like when, at noon, when like the trail line opened, like you had Pierre Lebrun dropping out like what the signing bonuses were per year. Like it was, but then it wasn't officially announced for like another four hours. JR, Jeremy Roenick tweeted something. Uh, I don't have the exact tweet in front of me, but he tweeted something like, Remember the good old days when you didn't know where free agents were going until they went there or until free agency opened or something like that, right? Which is like, yeah, I get that, but... It doesn't bother me. It gets more drama. Keeps me that's the thing is it's people's, it's people's jobs too, right? It's these reporters' jobs to have scoops like that. But yeah, I think this is, uh, you know, kind of like I said on the last one that, as you mentioned, did not record. I think this is a great signing for Nashville. I think it adds another level of center depth. Um and he's a very highly – he's a super, super skilled player. Um, yeah. I think – and this is – I'm probably in the minority here. But when Matt Duchesne's on his game, he has the ability to be that game changer, to turn the game around on his stick because he's so good in both zones, I think. Right? Yeah. He's he, – he, so it's actually very interesting. I've looked at a lot of his uh, numbers and some – you know, having seen him play here in Columbus a little bit. Um, ever so briefly for the, for the five, five weeks he was there. I probably saw seven games in person of Matt Duchesne this season. I've got the schedule in front of me here. Um, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, probably like seven between the playoffs, but he, he's not, he, I think Ryan Johansson is stronger in his own zone than Matt Duchesne, which is a weird sentence to say that Ryan Duchesne is stronger than somebody or that Ryan Johansson is stronger than somebody in the own defensive zone. Cause I know he's had that reputation forever, but I mean, he's, I mean, ever since when the Predators got Mike, uh, Mike Fisher really took um, Johansson under his wing and changed that part of his game. Um, Duchamp, for me, he's huge because um, we did a live stream for On the Forecheck yesterday on Facebook. Um, 
where we covered uh, just, you know, the NHL trade deadline for four or five hours. Um, I was saying variety is the spice of life with teams. And Matt Duchesne brings variety to the Nashville Predators. He's a different look to a lot of other players. He could also help fix your power play. Yeah, yeah, I think he does too. Um, he he's very direct in the offensive zone, but not in a like like he he'll, he'll go to the crease if he needs to. But I mean, he's so good in that high like not even high not high slot necessarily like the middle slot. Um, really, where he, yeah, he's just a breadwinner. Um, and and what I think is most interesting about his game and kind of speaks to the point that he, he's so quick, he can get the puck in that high to middle slot area mm-hmm. and then be out of the zone in three, four strides. Oh yeah. His footwork right? is phenomenal. Or, take, or, you know, take two strides and make a quick pat breakout pass out of the zone. And then, you know, you hit the red line, you get a deep, you can get a change or you can dump and chase or you can skate it in, you set it up, whatever you, whatever system you want to run. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think you're right. I think he does bring, um, in that regard, something to Jesus Christ Rangers. Um, Sorry, but yeah, the Rangers' social media needs to chill. Um, but yeah, I think Matt Duchesne is honestly. I would say this could this is in the running. Obviously, we don't know. Uh, not every contract has been signed, but I think this could be the best contract of for the team. The best contract of free agency so far. We'll get to that. I'm going to ask you that question. Um, you wanted to bring up. Uh the Kevin Hayes deal in terms of what a good or a bad contract is. Well, I just, okay. So I think that I just wanted to say that I think that I have no issue with us using the bad contract phrase, but I think we need to remember, we need to be like, this is a bad contract for the team. And here's why, because dude, fucking rights to Kevin Hayes going out there and getting $7 million a year. Like Mm -hmm. good for you, dude. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Like good for Matt Zuccarello getting, five right it's like five and five or something like that yeah like good for you like and i just hate i feel like the nhl and this was one of my big issues um like with why especially when players leave in free agency with fans being like oh fuck that guy boo boo it's like everybody is pro player until that player leaves your team to do what's best for them right Mm -hmm. or do what they wanted and it's just like it's I find that very annoying, right? Like if the Blue Jackets fans boo Panarin, I'm gonna view that as like a lowbrow move, just because of like regardless of where he went. Obviously, you can make the argument unbiased because he came to the best city in the world, um, where I I don't know if you but, guys but know this. Milwaukee doesn't have a hockey team. Milwaukee doesn't have an NHL team. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, well he could definitely play in the AHL if he just signed a two way contract. Um, so fucking chill. Well, the Blue Jackets reportedly offered him way more money. That's the thing, too, and so that, right? And so that's why, because having gone through that same situation with Ryan Suter, and you know how much I, how I, how my feelings about Ryan Suter are, like, yeah, the Blue Jackets, well, yeah, I get it. Meh, I get it. No, I and I get that, but I just think, like, if someone was, if I went up to a rant, like, okay, so the Rangers play in Columbus on Valentine's Day this year, at okay. the moment, which is a Friday. Now, whether or not I can convince my girlfriend to let us go to that game, I don't know yet. That goes for you too, motherfucker. Actually, you would probably have a better chance than I would. Well, she'll, uh, well, because... she'll be in Chicago, remember? She, she's got her uh, thing, so I'd have oh, to convince yeah. her to come down. Well, she, it's a Friday, so she could come back. Yeah. Um, um, 
but if like someone booed him, I, w- I would just look and I would say, do you think he's a dick? Like, I just want to know, do you think Artemi Panarin is a dick for leaving Columbus? Well, and if I- they said, yes, he left more money on the table, I would just say, yeah, but what about making his family happy? What about doing what's best for him? Is that, do you still view that as a dick move? And look, I know I call certain fan, fan bases scumbags. That's because people from from Philadelphia are scumbags. <laughs> but uh, I just don't think we should give players flack or shit on them, even when they like leave our teams for doing stuff that's in their best interest, right? It's like if you had a job offer to move to New York, right, and your parents are like, no, stay in Columbus. You were like, yeah, but mm. – mm-hmm. Or something like that. You know what I mean? I don't know what the like normal person equivalent is, but that's just my two cents on that. I'll say the vibe here in Columbus, um, you know, what what I'm reading off of people very as, – as I don't really ever leave my apartment because I'm studying for the bar. Um, but the vibe here in Columbus has been like, again, like every like everybody – like it's just people who are just like tired of everybody always wanting to leave Columbus, right? You, it's Rick Nash, Jeff Carter. You go down the list. Um uh, it, nobody who has stayed in it feels like everybody who they come out and trade for with the exception of maybe Seth Jones being the only one um, every, oh. everybody wants to leave Columbus and, someone uh, on Rangers Twitter everybody is saying that Rangers Twitter spoke this into existence and somebody was like uh, who should we speak into existence next and I honestly don't know Seth Jones's contract off the top of my head but someone was just like Nah, fuck it. Who's the next big UFA out of Columbus? And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, his contract, he's got three more seasons in Columbus. Yeah. I think he's the best deal in the NHL. His, Seth Jones' contract is only six mil a year. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, um, but I, I, Did the Blue Jackets tweet anything out about Panarin leaving? Because I noticed they tweeted something out about Bob before they tweeted... I feel like they at least I, – I, I feel like I scrolled past something of them on Instagram. No, they did. Okay, they were back-to-back. So one was at 7.02. Panarin was at 7 – okay, they were 40 minutes apart. Okay, so I was just – I didn't check the Blue Jackets Twitter okay. until then. Okay, yeah. So – because I was going to be like, that's kind of weird if they don't. But okay. Yeah. I mean, like – and then, you know, you see – I think uh, Duchesne may not be well-received too. I think out of those three who left, um, Burbovsky will have the best reception in Columbus when he returns. I can see that. With Duchesne, I will say this. I mean, I kinda everybody kind of knew what was, yeah. Knew there was, like, a chance that he was a rental, Yeah. right? I feel like in that situation, it's a little different. Like, I don't foresee Winnipeg fans being like, fuck Kevin Hayes, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say the only difference with Kevin Hayes is they got something, albeit it was only, like, a fifth rounder. But, um, because I, I, again, maybe this is just my bias being in the New York area, but it seems like any time... Uh, a team lets a free agent walk John Tavares for nothing. People, that's when people get really pissed off. But what I the, get, but that's I more get, the fault of the I, team I, than the player. Yeah, exactly. Why? Why are you directing that at the player? Yeah. Um, like the fucking construction worker that yelled at the Maple Leafs, that yelled at Tavares while he was in the box, and then looked like he was gonna cry. Um, I wish I cared about things in my life as much as that dude cares about a hockey team. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. Because I'm a normal fucking person, um, but so I want to know what do, what are your what do you think are the two worst contracts that have been handed out this free agency period? And then I'm gonna want to know what your two what you think are the two best contracts handed out. Ooh, worst. Um. So okay, San Jose. Interesting team. 
Last year they I were think. the darlings, right? They got Eric Carlson yeah. free agency. Everyone thought they were going places. Well, they traded. They traded for Eric Carlson. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Okay. Timo Meyer. Not a Meyer fan. Well, let me finish. What? He's injury prone. You're giving. You're giving him six million. Mm-hmm. Right. But you don't want to pay Joe Pavelski. And Pavelski's your captain. Right? So the Pavelski contract was in Dallas with, was three years, $7 million. I feel like Joe Pavelski could have taken a hometown discount. Probably wanted to take a hometown discount. Was there any news that San, was San Jose just like, we're not doing this, like you're out of here, Joe? I didn't hear anything about a hometown discount. I heard he was playing hardball with them. Really? Okay, then that changes, and that contract's off. So then I, I Corey, still Corey Perry in Dallas, because that was what one year? Oh, how many? Um, Corey Perry in Dallas. In Dallas, let me pull that up. Boo, 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 boo. I'm on the, N- on, the, on the NHL page here. Uh, Corey Perry. Corey Perry signs one year contract. Um, do, 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 do. I, I forget the term it, of it. One point five, one year. It, that's I don't. I just don't know why you sign him. I don't get it. That's it. Uh, the other bet, which I just, it's another one year. Wayne Simmons? Okay, it's a two-way tie because I forgot about Wayne Simmons. <laughs> Five million for one year of Wayne Simmons? Ron fucking Hainsey at 3.5 in Ottawa? Yeah, that's pretty bad too. What are you doing? I, I have that and Simmons as my two worst contracts. Up there with uh, up yeah. there with Pavelski. Um, actually, I think Pavelski is a terrible contract. No, I. That's the thing. Is like if he's gonna get that much money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I one. My buddy, uh, let me pull up. Our, he's a he's a, a Toronto fan, and he he goes. Um, we're talking about Panarin, and I was like, okay, so, uh, and I was like, oh shit. But Aaron might actually happen because of the VC trade. And then he goes, hold the fuck up. Eugene Melnick is fucking, I don't want to, yeah, sure, I'm sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know who listens to this. He goes, Eugene Melnick, Toronto's defense is awful. Also Eugene Melnick. Let's hire Toronto's D coach as our head coach. Oh, wait. Ron Hainsey is available on the free agents in free agency? Three point five million. We're back, baby. It's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I agree. I thought that was I, I thought that was bizarre. I thought it made zero sense. Uh, the Wayne Simmons one. I don't even. I don't care. He's not going to do anything in New Jersey. Why are you paying him five million? Like what? What? What world? Let him. Is he worth fuck five million? He's not. But fuck the devils. That's why. That <laughs> right, was a terrible, terrible contract. I, obviously, he and Sue Banner friends. Um, but it's not worth paying Wayne Simmons at this day and age five million dollars a year. I mean, he probably was offered like one year five million. He's like, oh hell yeah, yeah, I'll sign with you. I don't, I don't care yeah. who you are. Um, I think Pavelski was a really bad contract. I mean, Pavelski's thirty five years old, so he'll be thirty eight. He'll yeah. be thirty eight, and he's getting seven million a year. And Pavelski is a guy who, I mean, from his days as Wisconsin Badger, has been uh, criticized. For his skating form, his stri- it's been criticized for his stride, just a very poor stride. 
And I think this is an issue that you see with a lot of um, – it, it's interesting because he skates like he's – A lot of half, Wisconsin kids. I mean God knows how bad I was as a skater. Um, that was a joke. I mean, in high school, my my coach, my coach, he's now an assistant coach. He was just announced as assistant coach at Bowling Green, small world. Um, in our off-season review, I remember I went into his uh, classroom, and he literally wrote one word on a piece of paper, handed it to me, and it was Laura Stam. What was it? Laura Stam, the power skating clinics. You don't know the Laura Stam power skating clinics? She used to work with I, she, Bobby Glance or Robbie Glance, basically ripped off Laura Stam, and like does the same. I shows. never did. I never did power skating. Well, because you're a good skater, I am not. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to point blank be like, "Well, I." But yeah, I never. I mean, we. I did like. I don't know. We had like power skating sessions, but I never like went to a camp. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, my, you know, you know, my skating man yeah, is not great. Um, but Joe, like, he skates like he's a Shea Weber in terms of like his stride, even though he's like you know significantly shorter than Shea Weber, obviously. Um, and. I think when we start talking about like old, like older players who start falling off their game, a lot of that comes to people say like, oh, they're being overworked, they're being overplayed. Um, with guys like Pavelski, with guys like like Weber, whoever said like, I'm not going to be able to play out my entire contract the other day. Um, really? Yeah. How um, many years do you have left? Like what? Three? Four? Like eight? He has eight years left. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. Didn't he sign like a fucking twelve-year deal? Yeah, because the uh, the Flyers made like a poison pill for Nashville. Yeah. Um, and so like you know, Pavelski when he's it, like he might be okay this year. He had a good season last year, right? Um, but the older he gets, I mean, he, because of his stride, he's gonna have to use more energy to skate, and I think that's gonna wear him out faster than some other players. I, I think that's just an issue with, you know, some players and why they fade out quickly. I think that's why Yager was able to stay in the league so long because Yager had a great stride. He didn't have to exert a ton of energy to move at the speed of which he did uh, relative to people with worse strides. So that's why I don't like the Pavelski deal. Now, what, are, what do you think are the best contracts of the day? Already said one. Duchesne? Uh, Duchesne. I think that when you take everything into account, um, I think that's a great deal. Player-wise, I think the best deal for the player is, I think, Zook's deal. I think Zook made out like a fucking bandit mm-hmm. in that. Also, oh, cut up. Paul Fenton, Mike Fenton, Fenton, the GM of the Wild. Did you see, like, his comment on Zuccarello? Uh, I did not. Okay, apparently in the negotiation, he told Zook he was like a lizard, where he just, like, goes out with his tongue and gets whatever he wants. Okay. Okay. Weird. Let's fucking look it up. I, mean, I swear to God. I believe you. I believe uh, you. I, be- I mean. <laughs> so, I don't know. This is after after Duchesne. It's tough for me. Um, I'm scro- I think. Um, oh, we also forgot Robin Leonard's contract as a bad one. Yeah. Um. Well, I think they're worse, but yeah. Yeah. Um. Maybe I'm on the edge with Nyquist. You still have Nyquist I, in that's Columbus. One of mine. That's one of mine because I, the term is perfect. Yeah, exactly. And it's not um, an overpay as is. Like, like I feel like a lot of guys in Gustav Nyquist's position, like they ask for seven years, and it's like okay, and then like the last three years, it's kind of like, eh. but the term is four years, so they're going to get four great years of Gustav Nyquist for only five point five. Yeah, 
right? I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, He's obviously not going to fill the hole that Panarin left because no, I mean you just can't do that. But no, he's an he exceed- makes it. He lessens it. He yeah. lessens the hole. Um, I mean, I want to say Panarin just because of how high people were saying his AAV was going to be. That's what I have as my other. I've got Nyquist right? and Panarin like, as my favorite contract. But I also, I also don't well, want to. Yeah. yeah, like if people were like, "Oh, you, you guys just did that because you're a Rangers fan." And uh, Reds fan. Okay, well, first of all, fuck you if you think another team could have pulled that off. Because I don't. I don't. Also, I don't. Bobby, I, I, I'm the Bobby, most. Oh, do you ahead. think you can walk down? Do you think you could walk down a main street as a Russian in Middle America in a jumpsuit or whatever other weird suits Panarin has? Because I'm not going to judge, but his outfit today at his unveiling at the Garden, which by the way, I walked by the Garden to get lunch literally five minutes before that happened. And I walk. I opened my phone as I came out of the elevator, and audibly, without thinking about it, went, "Oh, motherfucker!" And everybody was like, "And I have a big enough office where, like, you don't really know everyone there. Yeah. Like, you you know the ma- minority of people. Sure. And people were just like, "Oh, that guy's having a bad, bad day." <laughs> um, <laughs> but Russians just can't walk down the street in Ohio, Bobby, or Nashville. People see that Adidas jumpsuit. Or that Nike tracksuit, or God forbid, some un-American company like Gucci. Not happy, not happy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's my piece on that one. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's, I think Nashville is weird because it's such a young city now. Like, I mean, it's so many people have been moving there, and it's been growing at an interesting rate. And you could say the same of Columbus, but I mean, certainly. I think, you know, you go just 30 minutes outside of Columbus and it's like, but I feel like it's that way with basically any city that's not New York. Yeah. New York, maybe Chicago. Yeah, you go 30 minutes outside of Chicago and you, you get, I mean, well, you try to drive for 30 minutes and you're still not outside of Chicago. You're still like, yeah, that's a mile true. where you are. Um, now, before we wrap up today, um, we did, you know, we last, and when we, in the episode we tried to record last week, um, we both said, like, oh, there aren't going to be any RFA signings or whatnot. Nobody's going to offer sheet anyone. And Alex is like, well, if I was to offer sheet anyone, I would offer sheet Sebastian Ajo. Yeah. Sure enough. Sure enough, Sebastian Ajo gets offer sheeted by uh, the Montreal Canadiens. And it was a pretty, like, average. Weird offer pr- Yeah. It was, here, let me pull it up. Uh, it was all signing bonuses. Yeah, it was It was all, all salary. Sign- Year was what is seven hundred? It was like eight point yeah, eight point four five four. Yeah, but that was in total pay. No total to, total pay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. The hit is eight point four five four. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like it's very confusing how this shit works sometimes. Well, signing bonuses have become such like a bigger part of contracts. I mean, everybody's doing it more, and it's the reason behind more signing bonuses is to try and level the playing field with uh, teams who have no state income tax. Yeah. Because signing bonuses can kind of circumvent some of the uh, – not not necessarily circumvent, but lessen uh, the, the, the money that comes out of the paycheck. Um, so I have a question for you once okay. you're gone. You go, go ahead. No, keep – no, no, go, go, finish. Um, obviously, Sebastian Ajo is a great player. 8.454, I think that's absolutely like – and it's right on the money. Yeah, it's right on the money. And uh, 
I would like a little more term. But five years I, is rough. Yeah, but I think I think the dollar amount's perfect. It was reported when the news of this offer sheet came in, executives in Carolina literally started celebrating. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, yeah. awesome, this is so easy, we can match this. They did our job for us, lovely. Yeah, exactly. I think the exact quote was like, we're surprised it wasn't higher. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'll, I also wish that Carolina had kind of fucked with them a little bit more. Because they came, I think they matched it today, right, earlier today. I wish they had, like, given it another two days or something, right? Kind of made Montreal sweat. Because if you have an offer like that out, out, you can't really sign anybody, like, another big name, right? Like, once they offered Ajo, they couldn't really make a play for Anders Lee, Mm -hmm. right? Because he couldn't afford both. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would have, like, I don't know. That's the drama queen in me. Um, so now that we've seen one offer sheet, mm-hmm. oh, Jack, you're, you're gone. Yeah, we lost him. Come on back, Jack. All right, can, can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Um, because I feel like a lot of GMs were like, I don't want to be the asshole that does this for the first time in six years. And of course it took fucking Mark Bertrand to be like, I'll do it. Um, which of course it's Barry Chavan who does it. Like I, I just, yeah. not that Montreal you, necessarily needed any, anyone, but like, just, of course it's Barry Chavan. Like, duh. Yeah. Do you think this makes it almost easier for other teams to offer sheet a guy like Marner? I put the odds at 70% that Brayden Point gets offer sheeted. Or Bray, yeah, I forgot about Brayden Point. Yeah. Right? I think I it's like, like Brayden, 70, 80% Brayden Point gets offer sheeted. If I had to bet, I'd say Brayden Point before Mitch Marner just because you give up less. Also, Toronto's cleared a ton of points space the last couple of days. Yeah, with the Cadre trade today, they cleared a lot. Yeah, so I think Marnie's going to... Although, then you got to sign a guy like Tyson Berry, who will probably command seven? Got to figure? Uh, mm, I don't know. Defensemen are always so weird. Yeah, I... Because I, Tyson Berry, he's good, but... He's good, but yeah. not great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I personally... I, I think it... I think it makes the... It raises the probability for a point... Offer sheet. Um, I still don't think anyone's dumb enough to do it to Marner, just because of what you have to give up. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Point could be around that money. Uh, do you think? Here's a good mm, question. Do you think Point think... is better than Marner? No, no. I think Point's played with better players. I, I don't. Marner was on a line with Tavares. <laughs> mm, okay, but Cooch, when fucking you, you could slot him Point in. With any but any line on that top two lines in Tampa Bay, the Canadians are also here. We go. The Canadians also were considering an offer sheet for Braden Point. So maybe they do it again. What if they do it again? Get Barry Van the Madman double down. <laughs> yeah. How funny would that be? That'd be hilarious. That's very funny. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're right. I think it does make the possibility for an offer sheet. I mean, also, um. Let's not forget, obviously, Brain Point does play with some great players. He was still ninth in Selkie voting this year. Yeah, that's As true. a 23-year-old. That doesn't happen. I mean, he's got a very... Yeah. I mean, even when he's in the, his own zone, I mean, he's, he's still a very good player. So, um, um, Plus, he's a center. A centers typically get paid more anyways, so... Fucking right, we do. <laughs> um, the VC trade. That was, I know, something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I thought it was a good trade for the Rangers. Um... Yep, a third-round pick in return. Uh, 
I mean, the big thing there though is salary retention. Yep. So I like it. Um, I never have you to know, hear I, you know you bringing up VC again. So I'm oh, happy. I still fucking I still fucking will. Are you kidding me? Um, I thought he I thought he was his development was very mismanaged by the Rangers. Uh, if we're being honest, um, I thought he definitely could have used a year in Hartford. Uh, but, you know, he was useful at times. He was detrimental at others. Um, that's really it. Yeah. I mean, not going to cry over his loss, not going to celebrate it either. Uh, it brought us Artemi Panarin. Someone had a great tweet the other day that was like, um, Jeff Gordon turned Neil Pionk in a first round draft pick. Or Kevin Hayes, Neil Pionk, in a first-round draft pick into Jacob Truba, and then someone quote-tweeted that today and was like, Jeff Gordon turned Jimmy VC into Artemi Panarin. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that if you traded anyone away, you would have turned it into Panarin. Yeah, but VC was a very polarizing figure for Rangers Twitter. Okay. You had the... VC stands, and then you had, like, VC was basically Trump. Um, I mean, he was okay in the offensive zone, but, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you've watched him. I mean, he's abysmal yeah. in the offensive zone. Just yeah. A black hole. Yeah. So. So. We'll find out. Um, Is that pretty much it? For me, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm set, too. Um, I think the last maybe notable thing is Anders Lee re-signed with the New York Islanders. For seven million, when people were saying he was, the news was he was going to go for nine, nine, he which signed. was ridiculous. His stats are actually like, like I looked at his stats and I was like, oh, I mean that's an overpay, but it's not like a gross overpay. Um, I don't know, he's like he's a captain, he's got leadership skills, you know, he's he, mm-hmm. he's obviously got his uh, head together, you know, going to Notre Dame. Um, not that every college hockey player from Notre Dame, you know, has that, you know, but it, it's a good school. Um, that really. Pushes character and education first, so he's a smart guy. Um, yeah, I mean, seven million a year for the Islanders, good for them. They retain their captain for once, so you know, good job, guys. That's the <laughs> power play guys on the NHL network were like, the optics of losing your captain two years in a row with free agency, not great, <laughs> would be disastrous. Like, for the who Islanders. would want to sign with you then? And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there at my desk working on a project. Working on a report for my client, just going, please fucking do it. Do it. I walk. Walk. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously he only had fifty one points in eighty two games last year, but he twenty he scored twenty eight goals in the NHL uh last season. Um the guys the last four seasons, he has only missed three games. Mm-hmm. I mean he's an Iron Man. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's yeah. And I think I don't he's like somebody, him, but sure. And I think he's somebody you get more people around him who can pass on the puck. Like, he's a career Ah. 14.4 shooting percentage. Well, that's not going to happen, so. I mean, that's career. Stop being nice to an Islander, Bobby. (laughs) I mean, I think he's somebody that if they were able to actually get decent guys around him, uh, I mean, he would take off. But, um, see, the thing I actually don't like about, honestly, is that he's from Edina. Hmm. Um. So it's just an immediate black mark in my book, uh, but you know, meh. good guy plays hard. Oh, Phil Kessel. We didn't talk at all about Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel oh, yeah. getting shipped to Arizona for yeah, Alexander Galchenyuk in a draft pick. I think it's a win-win trade for everybody. Maybe. I don't know. 
Phil Castle apparently, so he had an eight-team no-trade clause. He apparently wanted to go to Arizona so badly he demanded the trade and then gave Jim Rutherford seven teams, Arizona, and then seven teams who he knew like the Penguins could not trade him to. <laughs> That's a dick move, but yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, and, and Phil Kessel apparently good, good for him. I mean, Phil Kessel apparently also said that, like, like, if you look at his comments post trade, uh huh, and his comments post trade from Boston to Toronto, uh huh. I mean, they're like the same shit. Like, I don't know what my general manager is saying. I never demanded a trade. I always wanted to be here, but whatever. I mean, it just looks like he's like kind of a piece of shit. Which I mean, let's be honest. I already knew that because he wanted to play for the Gophers over Wisconsin. Uh, but you know, freaking trade. When you're grudges, hey man. They are something. There, there are, there are teams that kids who grow up for Wisconsin should play for, and I mean that's that was the whole thing. Right? You go back to that 1980 Miracle Team, right? I mean Badger Bob Johnson almost refused to let his son Mike Johnson play because he was upset that Herb Brooks was trying to poach him for the University of Minnesota. All right, that's okay. I guess it's just a little different where I come from. I mean, but, it's a very it's a very fierce rivalry that uh, has taken a nosedive in recent years because both teams have not been great. But I think the badge, when we'll get into this when we start doing our conference previews in these uh, upcoming months, the doldrums of summer. But I, I think the badge can be the cream of the crop in uh, the Big Ten this season. Okay, so Panarin ge- Panarin genuinely looks happy in these Rangers Instagram posts. Yeah. So I mean, Panarin's a, uh, fuck she, off, everybody. <laughs> Panarin's a really happy guy, like all of the time, though. I mean, that's just his M.O. I mean, it, it, it was that way in Chicago. It was that way in Columbus. He was just a very happy person. He's a goofy guy. But, like, the adorable kind of goofy as opposed to, I don't know. If, I mean, I, I liked Rizgalov goofy, but it wasn't, like, an adorable kind of goofy. <laughs> that's fair. All right. Well, that'll do it for tonight's episode of Two for Podcasting. If you enjoyed the show, uh, be sure to follow our Twitter at Two for Podcasting and check out our website, www.twoforpodcasting.com. Uh, where you can find this and all past episodes uh, in addition to other content. Uh, and if you feel inclined, if you like the show and you feel inclined to donate a buck or two, uh, you can find links to our Patreon account over on our website. And uh, yeah, until next time, uh, keep your sticks on the ice, and we'll talk to you soon. See ya! Our Tommy Panarin's a ranger, motherfuckers! Let's go!